This is the After Party, live with Kim McAllister and John Daly. Happy Thursday. Hey, hey. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. If you celebrate that, whoever celebrates that, happy Hanukkah. They're doing, I was just talking about the menorah lighting of the candles in Union Square tonight. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Hopefully it won't rain on them. Uh, I hope not. Light sprinkles today. Not as much rains yesterday. Um, it really came down around 3 o'clock, I think, 3 or 4 o'clock. It yeah. came down really hard. Uh, and the app lied to me. It said it wasn't going to rain. But luckily, I <laughs> no. was inside. I was inside. Yeah. Uh, my daughter walked downtown, and she wore white pants yesterday, and she was oh. soaked. And she, she was so embarrassed. You could see her underwear through her pants. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. We have a milestone here on the After Party Live, a big one for me. I think I'm excited. That yeah, that that's true. 1,700 subscribers. Yes, that's great. I understand that Mark Thompson has what 18,000 subscribers. That's fantastic. Yeah, so we're like less than a tenth of the audience. But you know what? We only started about four months ago. Yeah. And we're still building steam and strength. And so, yeah. and we don't have KFI to advertise on. And I think we're yeah. doing great. Well, actually, our ratio is better, though. We have more viewers per subscribers. Really? Every day. Yeah. Okay. Well, I like yeah. that. Because we, we get beautiful. up to like 500. So that's about almost a third. That's not did bad. You, did you hear the story that I just... Uh, interviewed a, a press democrat columnist yeah chris and smith from the press democrat yeah he's so nice that i'm so glad story. i had a chance to talk to him what amazing what a love story what an amazing circumstance where they met yeah that yeah. was a good uh story made for radio like mm. uh, i could i could hear paul harvey telling that story yeah and now <laughs> the rest of the story page two um so <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so it's just, it is December 7th, so we want yeah. to stop and think and um, commemorate, I guess, the, the anniversary. Um, it is weird saying anniversary. Commemorate yeah. the uh, anniversary of uh, December 7th. Mark the day. Mm-hmm. Mark the day. Uh, we'll live in... Wait, today's the day yeah. lived in infamy, or is that D-Day? That's D-Day. I think... No, today's the day that we'll live in infamy, isn't it? I'm getting Google my, it. Uh, his, I'm getting my <laughs> historical... Day. It's, it is today. Sorry. Yeah, today. I think it was actually set on December 8th, which is why I paused, right. because I think yeah, yeah, technically yeah, yeah, yeah. December 8th is the day that we'll live in infamy, but I think of it as December 7th since no, that's when the bombs yeah, were dropped. Over, mm-hmm. what, 2,400 people were killed, 68 yeah, civilians, right. and uh, 353 Japanese aircraft. Wow. It's yeah. so interesting, and it, I, I'm going to say that it gives me hope for the world. When I went to Pearl Harbor, yeah. and I went out on they have you know the they ferry you out to this yeah, Pearl yeah. Harbor Memorial. Have yeah. you have you done that? Yeah. And you see the they have a little movie out there about what happened on that day. And you're sitting there with people from Japan that are tourists that are there as well. You're sitting in this little white thing you see floating on top of the water there. Right. And you're sitting with you know, people from the country that attacked this country, people we were at war with. And you're all sitting there and you're learning about things. This many years later, that we could come together and be allies and friends even, mm-hmm. it makes me hopeful for other situations around the world. Yeah, when I went to um, when I went to Japan, um, I was on my way to see the... There's a building in um, Hiroshima... 
that they cape up. It's like a domed building, and all you see mm-hmm. is like the outline, the frame, the metal frame of the dome, and everything else is just obliterated, and they've kept oh, it. Man. And I went there, to, you know, to see it, and um, this guy saw um, that I had. I was wearing something that said San Francisco on it, mm-hmm. and this Japanese um, guy said to me, older gentleman, he said about my father's age, he said, "Oh, San Francisco Giants. I love the Giants." Right, and so we started talking. And he's about the same age as my dad. And I mentioned that my dad, you know, um, went to Hiroshima after the war. Um, you know, my dad was in the Merchant Marines uh, during that period of time and um, came back with like a, a little uh, container of sand. Um, oh. I remember um, that they had hopefully not radioactive. Um, and he 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 said that it meant so much to the Japanese people when President Obama went there. And he, I think he wrote some letters, and it's in a, it's in the museum there, and it was a, uh, it, it touched their hearts, and he got really, he got really emotional, and then I just, yeah. it's just one of those moments where you just like, it hits you like a, like a train, and I just got choked up because oh. after all of that, and like for him, it gets better. Uh, he pulls out like a peace crane that he's folded that's in his backpack, and he gives it to me. What and was I, it? I almost, like a peace crane, you know, like origami oh, peace yeah, crane. Yeah. And I almost, I almost lost it. It oh. was really emotional um, and really touching. Um, yeah. So. What a story, John. I'm glad we talked about this. Yeah. You it's, saw it's, the, it's heavy. You know, it hits you. It's, it's, it yeah. makes you think. Um, makes you when appreciate you everything you have. Saw Chris Smith on the Mark Thompson show also get yeah. choked up when talking about what these people went through and who they are or were because many of them are passing away now and that generation and it is you know i don't know there's such honor in it all yeah and that that moment where you can bridge that divide with someone like that and have that moment that's that's incredible and it's interesting if you go back and watch and look at the history of what led up to the war it was more about the united states threatening to cut off their oil supply because they were in the process of basically taking over the Pacific, the Philippines, all these countries, right? And they didn't want to be choked off in terms of oil. And it's just sad because it all comes down to oil. My great-grandfather was an important figure in in, um, in what became Iran. And he was assassinated by British intelligence over oil. Hmm. Because they didn't want to deal with a person or a government that represented the people they wanted a strong man and you just you just see this repeated over and over and over again everywhere in the world it's just about control and over oil and energy it's, it's really sad it's tragic sorry to bring this down but uh yeah let's let's lift this party up why don't we i know it's well, december 7th we do have some good news <laughs> we'll do it west yes. with five dollars to start us out and deidra deidra who's on the way to Aloha maui beaches yeah i hear Aloha. your <laughs> She's leaving the concrete and the bookkeeping behind, and she's going to go lay on a beach. Can we talk about Aloha Beaches? Because we had Aloha. a comment that we have, you know, we have our Aloha Bitches, right? Right, right, right. And someone said that they they thought we were too classy for that. Yeah. And I have to tell you that I'm so sorry if that offends you guys, but it makes me giggle every time I hear it. Because it's uh, Craig's voice saying that. It's just right. for some reason it just it's so inappropriate that it you makes don't me laugh it, every time. He was like the serious voice of KGO. Exactly. And, 
I wasn't even sure he would do it. And, and you know, just to clean my hands, that was actually your idea. <laughs> it was me. I did it. So I'm it the funny. one that's not classy. I'll take the heat for but that. That's totally funny. fine. And it's it's yeah. just not what you're expecting. And the, the after party yeah. is supposed to be a little lighter. It's kind of like, Funny, you know, irreverent. We'll do it It's all. your wind down. Mm -hmm. It's like the cool down, like when you're on the elliptical yeah. and the, and you've been working really, really hard and you've yeah. been talk, talking for four hours, Cam, right? So this last hour is kind of like your wind down. It's it's to relax and cool down. That's right. And a well, lot of people talk about it, this like Pauline possum. and Murphy. Yeah, well, oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad because I think it's do. really That's funny. Right. Uh, Let's talk about this possum. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, possum. That's a song my mom used to sing in her uh, elementary school. Oh, I classroom. thought you were doing Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh, 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 possum. And she had a little opossum puppet that used to, I think the puppet used to eat alphabet letters. So uh -huh. the kids would go say the letter and the letter sound and the opossum. Do you know the difference between an opossum and a possum? It's the same thing. No, opossums are Irish. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. What are you, Harry? Today? That's funny. Nicely I just done. That. I just thought of that. Um, yeah, we have the TV report. Um, so you want to give a, a like a thumbnail sketch? Let and me we'll tell you. Well, report. let me tell you first of all that something not quite like this happened to me. But one year we had a Christmas tree, and it was in my house, and everything seemed fine. It was a little sticky and gooey, like a lot was of sap on this Christmas? tree. Was it silent? It was the night before Christmas. It was when we took all the ornaments off. Oh, okay. And after. took it to the front yard to be mm -hmm. taken away after Christmas. And sometimes my husband will cut off the branches and put them in the green bin, yeah. right? And then chop up the tree and put it in the green bin or oh, okay. save it for wood the next year. Yeah. But when he cut off the branches, he saw this kind of big gooey section on the tree. Mm -hmm. And it was this um, mouse that or rat that was uh, dead, but stuck in there with all the sap. Like had gotten caught in the sap. It's like Jurassic Park. Su super gross. I couldn't believe that was in my it house. It's like Jurassic for so Park, long. like it's stuck in the amber. Right. And that's exactly it. So stuff like this happens. This story out of Texas, y'all can go to yeah. hell. I'm going back to Texas. Uh, she found an opossum, Irish variety, hiding in the branches of her Christmas tree. Check out this report. The it's TikTok wild. user says she has three dogs and a cat. So when she heard that first sneeze, well, she thought it was one of them, but they weren't in the room. The possum then sneezed again louder this time as she was lounging on her couch. And that is when she saw it. The possum's long rat-like tail. And then she saw the rest of the little critter just staring back at her. Uh, then she bravely got some gloves and struggled to get the possum out of the tree. As she tried to get the possum out of the tree, it scurried under her couch. She eventually prevailed and was able to no. actually release the possum outside. She is brave. And chances are that possum was maybe a stowaway that was kind of tucked, tucked in the tree when she first got it. Oh my God. That's crazy. I can't even like imagine. If, if it was in the tree, how did it <laughs> stay in there while she's transporting it, right? Presumably, it was, on, it was probably scared to death. But on the Catch, roof of you know, a car, or whatever, and you're shaking it, and, and then you put up the tree, and then you, the whole time you're decorating. Probably hanging on for dear life, curled up in a ball in there. You don't hear and, anything. You don't see anything. You're opening up the tree and decorating with the tinsel and, and the ornaments and everything. Wow. And I can't believe she heard it sneeze. Several it's times. Like, it was a sneezing like, I'm possum. Allergic, I'm allergic to Christmas trees. <laughs> I don't want to be in this house. And then it's running all over the place and ducking under the couch. Is that, <laughs> is 
Is that the possum sneeze? Yeah. That's oh a possum God, sneeze. what a story! Yeah, check your tree if you're getting a yeah. tree if you haven't done it yet or whatever. It might be possum allergy season. It could be a mouse in there. Could be stuff in there. That's one of the reasons people give for liking the fake trees. That's why you got to inspect everything that you bring yeah. into the house. Right? Can you believe it? What a story! I love it. Well, we love our bear stories, and yeah. you know we got some positive feedback on our deer stories. So we've got another deer story for you. That's right. A deer broke into a New Jersey elementary school, and the ensuing chase through the hallways was caught on police body cameras. The Toms River Police Department um, in New Jersey shared a video on Instagram showing officers conducting a foot chase with a four-legged trespasser inside of Cedar Grove Elementary School. Have you noticed that these police departments kind of like, they really get into like the production. They're like, oh, we're going to be, we're going to go viral, right? And then <laughs> they kind of like zhuzh up their video, right? And they they put a music yeah. sound uh, soundtrack to it. And unfortunately, we can't, it's um, uh, it's a Run Run Rudolph, right? Uh, but yeah. we can't play that. So just imagine no. Run Run Rudolph under the video. Mm -hmm. um, it's a silent video, but we can uh, talk about it as, it as as it goes along. The officers opened the rear door and guided the new furry friend to the exit. So check it out. Here it is. Uh, deer Gone Wild. Oh, he's going oh. through the hallway. He's being chased in the dark with a flashlight. Wow. He's really on the run. Yeah. Oh, he goes right through that door. Uh-oh. No What's problem, in there? Is right? that a classroom? Yeah, it's a classroom. He's uh -oh. going to school. Oh, he's up on the front counter. He's knocking things off of the chalkboard. There goes that going display. Along the counter. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this board. There goes all that artwork. And out the door, through the back, and running back out into the wild. Off they uh, went. There goes the deer. So One time there was a deer on the playground at my kid's school in the morning. And it was running around crazy. They thought maybe a kid would get injured or something. Yeah. So they had everybody go inside and they just left the deer out there alone. And eventually it went away. So, yeah. Very cool. Very Not cool. running this around story, inside this, the school. This next story is more Petaluma um, focused. There, back to the land of chickens. Although this one I think is in, I want to say Texas, perhaps, or maybe Florida. Uh, but this this was one of these moments where I, I saw this video and I thought, I would have thought the same thing this woman did. Like, am I in the Matrix? Like, is this a, a seam in the Matrix where all of a sudden, you know, something weird happens and there's no explanation? This woman has chickens and she was feeding them. But all of a sudden they froze all at the same time. Let's watch the video. It's unbelievable. not moving? Hello? When all five of her chickens simultaneously froze and stayed paralyzed for over two minutes. What is happening right now? Chickens! Nick! What the? What we now know and what my fiance was able to spot in the tree above was a hawk. This hawk has killed four of their chickens. They've strung fish line above the enclosure to keep the hawk away. By standing motionless, they're trying to be invisible. Is this what they mean by acting chicken? Did I do something? Genie Mouse, CNN. What the? New York. Oh my God. Can you imagine for two it's, minutes they're frozen like that? That's pretty crazy. You don't think of um, chickens as intelligent creatures necessarily. But they either heard something or maybe they saw, I can't imagine they're like looking up into the sky. Maybe they heard the sound and they recognize, oh, this is when our, um, our relatives were killed. Somehow. Right. And she's freaking out and they're probably thinking that lady is really dumb. Does she not see right. there's a hawk up there? Right. This is where exactly. you stop moving. Yeah. But what a weird thing. For two minutes, they just stayed in the same spot like that. And the minute she called for her fiance, that's when they all started running.
So uh, chickens are more intelligent than, than we thought. Um, speaking of human, uh, speaking intelligence, human intelligence, it's how your brain is wired rather than the size that matters. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Brains are bigger than those of our primate relatives, but evidence from extinct human ancestors suggests that brain size isn't everything. I've been trying to say that for a, lot, for a long time, right? To understand human intelligence, scientists are now looking deeper. Arthur Keith was one of those misbegotten researchers who have turned out to be wrong in many of the things that, that they said. Prominent uh, uh, anatomist and anthropologist in the early 20th century. Wait, did you just basically say all these people doing the studies have no idea what they're really talking about? <laughs> well, he was one of those misbegotten researchers. Uh, this oh, is Michael yes. Marshall from the BBC saying this. So imagine him saying, oh, the key was one of the most, one of those misbegotten researchers. Uh, that was a horrible British accent. Wow. He was uh, a proponent of I actually of really scientific... enjoyed it. <laughs> That's what she said. He was a proponent of scientific racism. Oh, yeah, we don't like this guy. No. Mm -hmm. uh, and opposed uh, racial mixing. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At least partly because of his racial views, he was convinced humans originated in Europe, not Africa. Uh, and he was a strong supporter of the Piltdown Man, a notorious hoax involving fake fossils. He also described a notion that became known as the Cerebral Rubicon, noting that humans have larger brains than other primates. He argued that human intelligence only became possible once our brains reached a particular threshold size. For Homo, the, uh, the genus to which we belong, he thought the minimum volume was around 600 to 750 cubic centimeters. For our species of uh, Homo sapiens, it was 900 cubic centimeters. Any smaller, the argument went, and the brain wouldn't have enough computational power to support human reasoning. It's certainly true that human uh, Homo sapiens as a species have large brains, but what that means is increasingly murky. Evidence from paleon, uh, paleo paleoanthropology nice. suggests that some species, such as the hobbits, Homo florens, that's a real. That was a real. Wait, what? <laughs> I didn't know that was a real thing. Homo florens, florensins, florensins the hobbits, Homo, homo naledi performed complex behaviors despite having uh, fairly small brains. These reports are contentious. However, there is also gathering evidence from genetics and neuroscience that brain size is far from the be-all and end-all of intelligence. Instead, mm. changes to the brain's wiring diagram, to the shapes of neurons, and even to when and where certain genes are turned on are all equally, if not more important. Size, as we might have guessed, isn't everything. It's certainly true that human brain uh, is in, the human brain is unusually large. This remains true even if you look at the brain size relative to the size of our bodies. Humans are by far the primates with the largest brain. It's also true that if you look at the six million years of human evolution, there's a trend towards increasing brain size, right? So early uh, hominins have relatively small brains, but the first Homo species have bigger ones, and Homo sapiens brainers, brains are bigger still. However, if you look more closely at the details, the story isn't so simple. Two species stand out for their unusually small brains, Homo florensensis, also known as the real-life hobbit. Uh, we learned about that today. I'll learn how to pronounce that tomorrow. Homo naledi, uh, the other one, both 21st century discoveries. Oh, interesting. Uh, it was first described in 2004, the, the flor florensensis, uh, and they were just one millimeter tall. Oh, sorry, well, not a millimeter tall. That would be really short. They were one <laughs> meter tall, so about three feet tall, and lived on the island of Flores in, in Indonesia with the last, um, within the last few hundred years. They died out at least 50,000 years ago. The first specimen had a brain measuring of just 380 cubic centimeters or perhaps 426 cubic, uh, cubic centimeters, putting, uh, putting them on par with chimpanzees. So uh, anyway, uh, I find this interesting. So it's not necessarily... Yeah. It's not necessarily the size of your brain. If you want to read more about that, it's in the um, future section on uh, bbc.com. And just Let imagine me... with a British accent. 
<laughs> we'll much. do that. We'll um, let's go to Greece right now. How about we? Oh, right now, let's go. Yeah, Is right travel, now. We're, travel Thursday. We're put get yeah, travel Thursday in a moment. Here we are in Greece. We're in our Airbnb. We're hanging out. It's beautiful. We're overlooking the ocean, the blue ocean, and we're having some cocktails. And it's the most amazing trip. Suddenly. There's a knock on the door or someone leaving a note posted to the door. And what does it say? Get out. It says, evacuate your holiday rental because of a bed bug plague. Or if you don't leave, you'll be liable for $540 in fines. What? What? So you pack up and you get out. But no, it's a fraud. Tourists in Athens are being told by fraudsters, evacuate your holiday rentals. Holiday rentals have been, I guess, the subject of kind of a sore subject there for some residents because housing prices are really, really expensive in this area. Yeah. The economy's so not good. Fraudsters have been putting up fake posters at holiday rental apartments telling tourists to evacuate because of bed bugs. It's completely false. The tourist ministry is calling on the police now to assist with these people that are doing this hoax, saying no one is allowed to terrorize and misinform people. One poster featured logos for the health ministry and Athens municipal government. Uh, it's written in broken English. It says, as of December 4th, law enforcement is ordering homeowners to stop renting out apartments. That's not true. They also say the violation will cause a fine of up to 500 euro for homeowners and guests likewise. Again, not true. Um, this poster that they're putting up says the area was hit by a plague of bed bugs. And it is true that there have been some bed bug infestations in Athens, but it's not true that it's some type of widespread issue, I guess. The holiday rental apartments, subject of frustration for residents, the prices are surging there. And this is t more than 12% per square meter prices have gone up and some of the highest rates in Europe. The number of short-term rentals skyrocketing in the country over the last six years, doubling from 57,000 in 2016 to 129,000 in late 2022. A lot of people blaming the high uh, price of housing on the holiday rentals and a shortage of housing because people are renting them out to tourists. So I understand the frustration, but come on, you can't go around terrorizing people like that. Come on, people. Yeah, and we've heard the stories about the bed bugs in, in France, and that was mm -hmm. uh, apparently kind of, um, was it Russian-backed hoax? Yeah. Um, you can't believe everything that you read on the internet. And you can't it's believe still, everything you hear on the after party live. It still would make you don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. It still would makes me itch though. Right? If yeah. someone says there's a bed bug outbreak, I don't care if there aren't any, all of a sudden it's psychosomatic and I'm itching already. Just get get yourself some lotion or uh... I'm already itchy. I like I don't know why. I'm just always messing with myself. So if there's, you know, a, someone says the word lice, I'm like, oh someone says the word bed bugs, I'm all of a sudden, I can feel let's something. Let's move on to the me. next story before we get into TMI. Uh, <laughs> but let's stick to travel. Uh, you know, I like to take shots at Airbnb whenever I can. I just don't mm -hmm. like the idea. An Airbnb host's son secretly filmed a guest in the shower, then tried to <gasps> no. blackmail her into sending him a sex video. That's right. How, how old's the son? Um, I think he's 50. He's in his 50s. Oh, okay. I mean, not yeah. that that makes it any better, but we'll, we'll at least it wasn't like a 10-year-old, but got it. Uh, All right. 
The son of an Airbnb host was sentenced to prison in connection to allegations that he secretly filmed a guest in the shower and then tried to blackmail her into sending an explicit video. Kevin Strutz, a 51-year-old man, yeah, there you go, from Ceres, California. Oh, good old Central Valley. Pleaded guilty to two counts of cyber-stalking earlier this year, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of California. Prosecutors allege that in 2020, Strutz began cyber-stalking a young woman after she rented out a room in Strutz's mother's series home through Airbnb. Strutz Creepy. and his mother were also living in the home at the time. Ugh. The nope. woman, a traveling occupational therapist who isn't named in the court filings, had been staying at the home for about a month when she discovered the unnerving message addressed to her. She found the message, which talked about how sexy she was, oh, on a cell phone in the shared bathroom, according to the criminal complaint. She contacted Airbnb and immediately found another place to stay. After she left, she got a sexually explicit message on Facebook from two accounts linked to Struts, who she says she barely interacted with at the home, according to the complaint. The woman called local police and then again told Airbnb what, hap Airbnb what happened. At the time, Airbnb said in a statement that it was working with the FBI over the allegations. We have no tolerance for the reported behavior and worked quickly to support the survivor once she brought it to our attention, including banning the associated host accounts from our platform at the time. The graphic messages continued for several months until Strutz sent her a nude image of herself from when she showered in the Airbnb bathroom. According no. to prosecutors, she mm -mm. Thre uh, he threatened to send the photo to all of her contacts unless she sent a video of herself masturbating. Oh, Strutz admitted is... in the plea agreement. No, this is one of those like movies, this lifetime movies. Mm. It should be called, you know, Airbnb from hell. Are you kidding me? Yeah, as if you didn't need enough um, reason to be kind of suspect of Airbnb. She then blocked both of the accounts, followed up again with the police. Prosecutor said, adding that she never responded to the messages. Strutz admitted he filmed the guest using a cell phone that he had hidden in a basket on the bathroom counter. Uh, his conviction on two counts of stalking also related to a 2018 incident in which he left 15 handwritten letters on a separate victim's car in addition to phone calls and Facebook messages from five different accounts that included, this is a real creep, that included threats to trying to coerce, coerce somebody into having sex with them. According to a press mm. release last week, Strutz was sentenced to three years, four months in prison, along with three years of supervised release and a small fine. Um, this is going to be a shocker, but prior to conviction, he already had a lengthy rap sheet, including yeah. stalking, burglary, mm -hmm. robbery, assault with a deadly weapon, among no. others, according to prosecutors. That's a nightmare. Oh, God, how so, creepy is that? So uh, I feel yeah, so bad for that you, lady, uh, what she went yeah, through. Next Jeez. time you look at an Airbnb, especially if you're a single woman, be careful. Well, I would like you to know that we're at least safe from an asteroid this time around. All right. This is an asteroid, they say, bigger than Vatican City. It will be zooming past Earth next week, but they're calling it a perilously close near miss on the cosmic scale. His name is, I know, this is a sexy name, Asteroid 13962220001QQ142. It's bigger than 97% of all asteroids, measuroid about a half mile in diameter. No, it's not the it's, size of the asteroid. No, actually, it's, it's the not size the, of the size. <laughs> it's the motion of the ocean. Uh, this asteroid orbits the sun once every 62, uh, 620 days, and it passes close to the Earth once every 20 years or so. So hey, yesterday, up, it passed the Earth. Uh, It'll, it was just 3,434,294 miles away. So every time That's it about, passes by, it's like, wow, you look more polluted than ever. 
<laughs> it's far <laughs> enough away not to cause us any trouble. Um, and it it went it's by not really pictures fast. Of us in the shower. No, it isn't. It's four miles per second. It zipped by. Um, it's classified by NASA, though, as a potentially hazardous asteroid because of its size and occasionally its proximity to the Earth. The closest it will come to Earth in most people's lifetimes will be December 17th of 2045, when it will be within 3 million miles of us. It wow. is not currently, uh, well, in tw I guess in 2123, it was calculated to come uh sorry, 2123, as close as 1.3 million miles. So that's just five times further than the moon. We better work on that whole asteroid shooting down technology. We need to get right on it. Somebody call one of these the, days, the story is mm, not going to be near miss. The story is going to be, oh, crap. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, so they call it a near miss. They know that it's not going to hit, but but it is the closest Relatively thing speaking. coming coming toward yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, let's, it's a let's, great picture, though, too. Let's stay in space. This pic this next picture is not as great, um, but the James Webb uh, Webb Space Telescope has come across mm -hmm. a mysterious yet familiar ghostly object. The dusty and faint galaxy was previously entirely undetectable by the Hubble telescope, but still managed to show up in observations by certain ground-based telescopes. So the reappearance of AZ, here's another sexy name, AZTECC71, <laughs> an extremely d a distant star forming galaxy, uh, that dates back nearly 1 billion years following the Big Bang, has astronomers excited, giving them a tantalizing glimpse into the oldest structures of the universe. The mm. observations suggest that massive star-like nurseries uh, like like this oh, could, be far baby more, stars. could be far more common, three to ten times to be exact, as previously thought. If that's indeed the case, scientists may have to rethink how we understand the early universe, making it a far more dusty place than we expected. Uh, this thing is a real monster, according to a researcher at uh, University of Texas. Uh, even though it looks like a little blob, it's actually forming hundreds of new stars every year. And the fact that even something that extreme is barely visible in the most sensitive imaging from our newest telescope is exciting. It's potentially telling us there's a whole population of galaxies that are hiding from us. And we do have an artist's rendition of what it looks like. Mm. So this is not a real <gasps> image. This is an artist's rendition. Uh, the researcher, uh, the research was part of the JWST Cosmos web project, which is looking at to map one million galaxies to get a better understanding of the earliest epochs uh, or epochs of the uh, <laughs> universe. Uh, yeah, so pretty cool. Yeah, that's that picture is really creepy, though. Yeah, and if you think about the clearer photos that we've seen from the mm -hmm. Webb Telescope, that tells you why. Wow, this is barely visible because it's still faint and kind of looks like it was, I don't know, like a. 1980s video game image lots of green there do you yeah. speaking of green do you like where wasabi Santa is uh yeah uh with my sushi a little with bit with your sushi yeah a little with wasabi mixed in with the soy sauce well yeah there's a new study from the study people mm. that finds wasabi which is that spicy green condiment there it is served with sushi may improve your memory, which is great because I found out yesterday on the After Party Live that my hearing challenges are going to kickstart dementia. So now if I suck down some wasabi, mm -hmm. maybe I'll balance things out. The main bioactive compound in wasabi, another sexy name, 6-MSITC, is already known to have antioxidant and anti-inflammatory benefits. Previous research showed us the positive effects 
of the cognitive functions on middle-aged adults. Well, now researchers at Japan's Tohoku University studied 72 healthy adults uh, over 60 years old. They gave them either a supplement containing 6-MSITC or a placebo over 12 weeks' time. And the researchers said people who took the supplements showed significant improvement in working and episodic memory performance over those who are just given the placebo. So they say, we knew from earlier animal studies that wasabi conferred health benefits. But what surprised them was the dramatic change that the improvement in memory was actually pretty substantial. They think that it reduces antioxidants and inflammation in the hippocampus. This is the lower area of the brain that has a big role in learning and memory. And that, they think, protects against brain damage and enhanced neural functions. So if you have to, you know, if you're given a choice of the wasabi, consider man, a little bit of spice in your life. Mm -hmm. uh, John Slade says, I'm eating wasabi harvest snaps right now. What a coincidence. I also like wasabi peas. But Heather oh. points out what I wanted to point out. Isn't wasabi, we the, the wasabi we get in most sushi restaurants around here, some kind of imitation, though? Yeah. So speaking of placebo, is it? Kim, yeah, wah, wah, oh, wah. It's true. No. Over 95% of wasabi served in sushi restaurants does not contain any real wasabi. Most no. fake wasabi is made from a blend of it's horseradish. That's why it's spicy. Horseradish, oh. mustard, flour, cornstarch, and a green food colorant. This means that most people who think they know wasabi uh, actually have never tasted the stuff. So, well, What if um, I want the memory benefits? How do I get the real deal? Thanks, Heather, for that. You need to find a good dealer. <laughs> you need a wasabi dealer. The reason it's scarce is because it only grows in a really specific climate. Even with J within Japan, wasabi is a finicky plant that won't grow in most places. It requires an environment with lots of moisture, doesn't like hot temperatures, and it shuns sunlight. Mm. Like, like a lot of people that we know. Um, that doesn't tell me how I get it because I want it. Well, you need to you need to find a source. Hmm. You're you're a reporter. Yeah. Be resourceful. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Well, speaking of sushi, that's not there, real. That's fake. There, there's a Miami restaurant that is unveiling a members-only sushi place. It's called Sushi Namba. It's ten thousand dollars to join. What? Yeah, ten thousand dollars. Miami's dining scene, they say, they is about to get wasabi. a swanky new addition. They probably do. That's your wasabi dealer right there. Yeah. Sushi Namba is a 10,000 members only sushi restaurant coming to Alapata in Miami. The There are brothers that are behind this. Samuel and Jose Chirasi, they've lured Chef Hidafume Namba who is an acclaimed sushi master in Tokyo to come to Miami to this ultra exclusive establishment. Wait, they lured him? That, that they lured him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so in addition to really expensive sushi, you get a jazz lounge called the Listening Room, a cocktail bar that has bespoke fruit-based elixirs, and a nod to Tokyo bars, uh, Cocktailante Oboro. This sounds like something in San Francisco, not Miami. I don't know. Well, mm. it sounds like a D-bag uh, spot. $10,000 just to join. And they're yeah. saying that it's and the meals really are like 500 they're like $500 to start, right? There's a pretty affluent crowd and they're saying that they think this is going to be really successful. Um they have something in New York they call it Omokase haunts. And so there's I guess there's some you know members only restaurants there too that do really well. It's it's a 10-seat counter 
That's all at Sushi Namba. The core room has a 10-seat sushi counter. So it's pretty exclusive. Mm-hmm. Wow, they sound like bloodsuckers. And speaking of bloodsuckers, we have a story about mosquitoes coming up. <laughs> no. Uh, but, first, but first, it's time for Take a Break. It is. And I also want to remind you guys that today is Trivia Thursday. And the topic this week has to do with a holiday theme. So I we'll got another message last night. Please don't make it geography. Don't, we're not no geography no well maybe there's some geography on the holiday theme we'll see, we'll see. Uh, that is all coming up next on the after party live the after party live is underwritten by our audience and without you this show wouldn't be possible if you can contribute 10 15 or 20 dollars a month it would keep this party a rockin the paypal link can be found in the about section of the youtube channel or at the bottom of the show description any dollar amount is appreciated and it all adds up on behalf of kim and myself Thank you for your consideration. Aloha, bitches. It's the after party live. The bitches. I'm um, telling you every single time. Somebody Harry in the chat M. said it's derogatory towards uh, women, but actually it doesn't mean that in that context. No. Our language mm-hmm. evolves and uh, the yeah. newer generation, the younger generations have kind of changed the meaning of that. It just means, you know, it's a funny way of referring to everybody. It's not, it's not about women. Ongoing contributor Harry M, we love you. Thank you for your help yes. and for supporting the After Party Live. We are still trying to come. We're, we're, we're in it. We're trying to keep this show going. So yeah, thank, if you, thank you. Everybody who's watching mm-hmm. today uh, yeah. gave five dollars. Who hasn't already contributed? We could probably yeah. make it and become sustainable. We're about halfway there, yeah. so we don't want to come at you constantly with a one yeah. eight seven seven cars for kids. No, we don't. Uh, do that. We don't want to be begging for money yeah. like every, on every weekend, yeah. like uh, KQED. So we want to thank everybody who's contributed. Yeah. If everyone contributed like five bucks a month, we could we could make it we could make it work. Um, I'm guessing when you tell me about mosquitoes, oh Wes, five dollars. Yeah, five dollars. Wes, thank you. And Deidre. Deidre for ten. Thank you. And Aloha. Mahalo. Aloha, Mahalo. beaches. Mahalo. <laughs> thank you. Beaches. Um, I'm guessing when you tell me about these mosquitoes, I'm gonna have to look at a close-up picture of an insect again, right? Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, the oldest mosquito fossil comes with a block, bu- uh, block, sorry, blood sucking surprise. Can't even say a it. blockbuster surprise. I was, yeah, I was gonna say blockbuster. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of people worldwide are killed annually by malaria and other diseases spread through the bite of mosquitoes, insects that date back to the age of dinosaurs. These, these suckers just never will go away. Uh, all of these bites are inflicted by the females. <sighs> <clears throat> Which possess specialized mouth anatomy that their male counterparts lack, but it has not always been that way. Researchers have—they uh, now say that they've discovered the oldest known fossils of mosquitoes: two males entombed in pieces of amber. Speaking of uh, Jurassic Park, mm. dating to 130 million years ago during the Cretaceous I guess, period. I guess and that found, means they weren't embedded in a Christmas tree. Yeah, found near the town of uh, Hamana, Hamana Mama, Hamana in Lebanon. To their surprise, the male mosquitoes possessed elongated, piercing, sucking mouth parts now Ooh, only seen God in females. That's America, no. C- clearly, uh, there were hematophagus, hemat- hematophagus, hemato? hematophagus, meaning blood eaters, uh, according to a paleontologist at the Chinese Academy of Sciences, Nanjing Institute of Geology and Paleontology and Lebanese University. That's a mouthful. Um, so they, this discovery is a major one in the evolutionary history of mosquitoes. The two fossilized mosquitoes, both representing the same e- extinct species, are similar in size and appearance to modern mosquitoes, though the mouth parts used for obtaining blood are shorter than today's female mm. mosquitoes. Mos- mosquitoes are the most notorious blood feeders on humans and the most ter- mm-hmm. uh, terrestrial um, 
uh, vertebrates uh, and most, I'm sorry, and most terrestrial vertebrates, and they transmit a, uh, a certain number of parasites and diseases to their hosts. So, so they only... think that the men, the the boy mosquitoes, used to also be blood sucking parasites. Right, but they gave it up mm. to women. Only fertilized female mosquitoes will yeah. suck blood because they need the proteins to make their eggs develop. Which my my children taught me that. I'm in the pool with Julia, and I slapped a mosquito on my arm, and she said that was really mean. And I said, what do you mean that was mean? And she said, you know, that's just a mom trying to feed her baby, right? Aww. It's just the girl mosquitoes that bite you because they're trying to feed their we'll babies. send them over to Julia. She can I'm take like, all the no. bites. Males no, and thanks. unfertilized females will eat mm -hmm. some nectar from plants. I didn't I didn't know that. And some males mm -hmm. don't even feed at all. Oh, wow. On, on blood, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or no, they don't have blood. So I, what do they feed? If they don't feed, then how do they survive? Huh, interesting. Maybe they don't okay. survive very long. They just, you know, long enough to mate and procreate, and then off they go into the wild blue yonder. Yeah. Do we want to do these um, Santa stories before we get to the trivia? Doing them. Uh, yeah, I do, but I do want to um, make note that Lori has uh, posted that Hanukkah starts at four fifty p.m. and Happy Chappy Chappy Hanukkah Chappy Chanukkah Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> so she says in, to her um, tribe. Four hours from now. Yeah, so would happy Hanukkah to you, Lori. Is that the, is that, I thought it was sundown. Is sundown at 4.50? It would make sense to me. It's getting darker much earlier, yeah. Oh, yeah, four, mm -hmm. yeah, coming up at 4.51 yeah. here. Um, and so Lori says that, and Pinky says Shabbat Shalom. Is it Shalom or Shalom? Shalom. Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. So happy Hanukkah to everybody who celebrates that. I think I love that. And speaking um, of Hanukkah, Hanukkah, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Happy Hanukkah. Is... I know a lot of people that celebrate both Christmas oh, and Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Christmas isn't really religious for, I think, most people. It's not religious days. for me. But there's but... a Santa, sor uh, Santa <laughs> shortage. There is a Santa shortage. Oh, no. a San We'll say a Santa helper shortage, right? Okay. Uh, these people that go out every year and impersonate or help Santa are few and far between. And a lot of states, I guess, are out in the cold. There's just a lack of people wanting to be a Santa helper. In Lexington, Kentucky, multiple shops reporting trouble finding a Santa helper during the busy holiday season. One of the Santa coordinators, if there is such a thing, says he had to reach out to former Santas months in advance to make sure they booked them for the holidays. They're on a hunt for everyday folks who might have some magic up their sleeves. And so now they're looking for people who may have that Santa look. In Iowa, there is a shortage of Santas. So fewer, fewer people are doing this. Um, and so they only have three professional Santas in this one area near Des Moines. And so the Santas... Uh, helpers that are able to do this they're booking up and they're not available to do all the be all the places that they normally are um new england has been dealing with a lack of santa helpers with growing demand there as well and so i guess if you can find a santa consider yourself a santa's helper consider yourself lucky this year because for it whatever be reason christmas miracle yeah, they want to bring magic to children and believers of all sorts, but they're having trouble finding Santas. Well, I don't you know, know why. Is it you think maybe it's because Santas are, are have been sitting out afraid to get COVID, and once they were they for a couple of years they had the Santa in Petaluma sitting behind a plexiglass barrier. Maybe they're so just the, burnt out. Burnt out Santas. That's yeah. sad. 
That's sad. You know where they don't have a shortage of Santas? No. In Texas. Really? A gigantic inflatable Santa Claus is drawing visitors to a Texas neighborhood, but its origins are a mystery. Residents of the Holly Tree area in Tyler said that the not-so-little St. Nick appeared on a vacant lot about a week ago, and it's quickly become popular with residents. Nobody lives on this lot, so we don't know who installed Santa, but isn't it fun? Uh, resident Marsha Darty says, uh, Locals have been flocking to see the mysterious and massive Santa with photos of decoration uh, uh, dwarfing children and adults alike spreading on social media. I was shocked wow. when I first saw it, and it was so big, youngster Nate Nevada, Nevada said. My family and I like to drive by it at night, um, so that's pretty cool. Really so cool. Somebody, somebody I really love when people do fun things like that. That's awesome. You know what else is fun? Trivia. Trivia. It is Thursday, and we have our trivia. And this uh, category suggestion was made by one no other than Kim McAllister. There you go. So if you have I'll a suggestion it. for um, a trivia category, because I'm running out yeah. of ideas, uh, just send us an email, John at theafterparty.live or Kim at theafterparty.live. And while um, you're thinking of it, could you weeks. please click the like button? And if yeah. you haven't subscribed, could you click the subscribe button? That's free. And we thank and if you, you can for share doing the it. show on Facebook mm -hmm. or one of the shorts. If you can share one of those, that helps us get subscribers. Um, we started doing the shorts, and that's actually how we're getting most of our subscribers. We've got 60, 60 new subscribers in the last month, thanks to that. Um, you ready? Off we go into holiday trivia. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, first question. Okay. You know the Christmas movie, A Christmas Story, right? Yeah. With Ralphie? Yeah. You can't miss it, right? What is Ralphie's punishment for swearing in A Christmas Story? Mm. What is Ralphie's punishment for so swearing? I'm going to say soap in the mouth. You got it. Mm -hmm. How many gifts in total were given in the 12 Days of Christmas song? Oh, crap. I'm not going to be able to like. No, not in timely yeah. fashion. You want me to tell you the answer? 31. Mm, 364. Oh, geez. Mm -hmm. I'm way off. Yeah. It's wow. the way it is. Yeah. Uh, oh, because it's, it's, it's every day, it's the number of the day. The mm -hmm. number of day is the number of the gifts. Okay. So yep. Wes, Wes has it then, right? Oh, did he, he get it? So 12 factorial. He, I mean, yep. he didn't compute mm -hmm. it out, but he got it. Then we'll give it to him. Okay. Uh, in what decade did the first Christmas stamp appear in the United States? Oh, I'm going to say the 80s. I'm going to say you're wrong. Oh, 90s? In what decade did the first Christmas stamp appear in the United States? You're too recent. Hmm. Deidre is close. What did she say? 50s. Pauline says the 40s. Square okay. says the 50s. In what decade? Did the first Christmas stamp appear in the U.S.? Well, we're guessing all around it. Jennifer, <laughs> 1970s. Someone's going to get it very soon. It's not the 50s. Not the 70s. Not the 80s. B.A. B.A.ware. You got it. Oh, okay. Oh, and actually, Kate and Deidre. Who got it first? Deidre got it first. Sorry, Deidre. Awesome. All right. There we go. Uh, what was the first company... To use Santa Claus in advertising. Macy's. Good answer. That is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> but I could see how you would think that. Yeah. Anybody know? The first company to use Santa Claus in its advertising. Oh, I think Jennifer has it. 
Jennifer does uh, have it, and so does Deidre. Deidre has it first. Yeah, wow, Deidre's Deidre, on fire. Jennifer and Deidre, it was Coca-Cola. That's exactly right. Yeah. Janet had it too. Yeah, it's Coca-Cola. They did it first. Um, I just gave like the immediate what came top of mind, but that's because of the brainwashing from the uh, parade. Right? Macy's Thanksgiving did you watch Day the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? Yeah, because I wanted my, to see Johan and the dancing Christmas trees. My mom and I were like laughing because it was like it was a Christmas parade. Usually, it, like it, you get to Santa and then they bring yeah. in the Christmas, right? Right. Did you notice how many floats were? They were it was Santa. It was Santa song. Santa, yeah. Santa, Santa, Santa. The whole time I'm thinking, you know what? Uh, uh, Macy's got their their wish. Their wish is uh, for uh, Christmas. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just seemed really strange because every song was like a Christmas song. I'm like, it's still Thanksgiving. Yeah, uh, I guess that's uh, reflective of uh, our culture and how we jump to Christmas too soon. Okay, speaking of Christmas, because that's what we're doing holidays here. Yeah, many cultures have a, dish, a tradition of hanging this food-shaped ornament on the Christmas tree. What is the item and meaning behind it? Many cultures pickle. have a pickle, pickle, pickle. Wow, you got it! I've never heard of this. The answer is a Christmas pickle or mm-hmm. the Weihnachtsgucke. Uh, uh-huh. It's a German tradition that's popular in the Midwest and the South. You find the pickle, you get the present, or you get the wish, right? Wow. Yeah. Very, very interesting. I'm going to give you an easy one. Okay. Where did there arise such a clatter? On the roof? Interestingly, no. I don't know. Mm, does somebody know? A rose to the blah blah blah. A rose, you, it wakes it wakes wakes you up, right? It wasn't. It wasn't on the roof. Was it? Uh-uh. Yep, it Pauline. When out on the lawn, there arose such a clatter. Yep. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it you think was the, the lawn. lawn. You would think the grass would absorb the the sound. Interesting. I thought that was going to be an easy question, but all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's well done, a... Pauline. Here's a Hanukkah question for all our um, Jewish boys and girls. Actually, they know the answer, so this is for everybody else. What is the name <laughs> for money that's given as presents during the uh, Jewish festival of Hanukkah? Oh, the ch- little chocolate golden coins? Yeah. Well, I think mm. this is the actual money, but I think that's representative oh. of it. Okay. But what is it's, the name? It's a four-letter word. It starts with an L, right? It's gelt. Um, oh, gelt. People gelt. are spelling it geld, so I'll give, give it to them. Okay, yeah, yeah I've heard of it. My, my yeah. bad. Yeah. Gelt or guild. Mm-hmm. There you go. What was the first country to start the trend of putting up a Christmas tree? I want to say Germany, but I have a feeling it's going to be wrong. You are correct. Oh, it is? Oh. It is Germany. That is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I'll take yeah. it. Well done. What? <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I imagined Geld is the German word. Thank you, Wes. Um, question What country has a tradition of eating KFC on Christmas? What country? Yes, what country? An entire country has a tradition of eating KFC on Christmas. It's not the United States. Oh, gosh. What country eats KFC for Christmas? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to say Indonesia, maybe. Uh, Roberta got it. You're wrong, but Roberta's Japan. Right. Really? That's Japan. so weird. Aptly nicknamed Kentucky Fried Christmas, what began as a cheeky gimmick in the mid-1980s has evolved into a more widespread justification for locals to bring home a festive feast of KFC. A party barrel, bucket full of fried chicken, coleslaw, and cake 
makes for an annual holiday treat that many Japanese families enjoy each year. Here's a piece of Hanukkah trivia for you on this okay. first day of Hanukkah, or first night of Hanukkah, right? which begins at 4.50. Thank you, Lori. Um, which candle is the helper candle? The one that doesn't get any credit? <laughs> the producer candle. <laughs> that would be it, yes. Yeah. I would say it is the producer candle. Does anybody yeah. know which candle is the helper candle? Which number candle? Where does it fall oh. in, the, in the line? Are there eight candles? Mm -hmm. I think there are nine of them. Oh, so or, the I don't know. Actually, actually, I'm not sure how many candles. The one there in the are. middle, then. It it is the. I think it's the one in the middle. It's the ninth candle. The middle candle uh, of the menorah is used to light all the other candles during Hanukkah, known as shamash or the middle helper candle. Candle the ninth. So do they go back and forth? It's the. One, two, I don't three. know. Um. Uh. It is this candle that either can be wax or oil fueled. Oh. It's the shamash. Somebody can answer this. Do you go in as the candles go up in elevation? You go like left, right, left, right, left, right to the center. So I I think John Rothman told me it doesn't matter which candle you light when. Well, I think Lori can give us a definitive answer. Yeah. In yeah. the meantime, Harry Magnan, another five dollars, who, who has never on Santa's shopping list, a rebel without a claw. <laughs> oh. nice. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lori says it doesn't have to be in the middle. And okay. Roberta says it's left to right. Oh, okay. Thanks, guys. Well, I'll Appreciate leave it that. to our resident experts. I will leave it to them, too. <laughs> you know, you when you do holiday trivia, you want to be inclusive of everyone's holiday. So yes. I have no idea what I'm talking about, and I have to believe what I'm reading. So thank you for the information. <laughs> Don't ask uh, questions. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't sure if you had any Hanukkah trivia, and I forgot to, that today was the first, or tonight's the first night of Hanukkah, uh, so I threw one in there. Um, uh, we want to be inclusive. That's right. Don't be mm -hmm. a jerk. Um, how much does the average American currently spend on gifts and holiday items? How much does the average um, American currently spend on gifts and holiday items? I think I read a story on this, so I'll be quiet because I think I might know the answer. Hmm. Deidre is a little low. Wes is a little high. You want my Pony answer? says too much. $995. Sandy has it. Yep. Sandy, well done. $1,000. near uh, More than you think. Nearly $1,000. According to the latest data from the National Retail Federation, roughly one week's median salary. The amount consistently goes up each year with an estimated 96% of Americans buying gifts for their families. And what is the most popular gift of all? And the most popular gift of all <laughs> is what? Gift cards. Food. Oh, gift cards. Gift really? Cards. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. No There's a little thanks. bit of judgment there. A little bit of judgment. Mm. Mm. Not exactly the spirit you're looking for. What song, after lighting the menorah, is it customary to sing? Oh, geez. I don't think I'm going to get any of these Hanukkah questions. It's a, I'll give you a hint. It's a song about the fight for freedom. Hmm. So it's not the dreidel song. Mm -mm. Don't know. No. What oh, was it? Know? Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go. It is not that. Oh, okay. No, it's called Rock of Ages or Ma what? Mao's Zur, Rock of Ages. Mm -hmm. We'll yeah. have to get some. Um, uh, we'll have to get some background on that. Uh, Happy Hanukkah to everyone who celebrates. <laughs> name the anima animatronic cassette playing bear toy that every kid wanted for Christmas in the mid nineteen eighties. 
the was name of the animatronic cassette playing bear toy was it a, fur every a Furby? Kid... No, this is way before Furby. Oh. Someone's animatronic cassette Wes playing has bear. It. Teddy Ruxpin. Ruxpin. Teddy Ruxpin. Oh, Sandy yes. has it. Close. I remember Close. that. Yes, that's right. Teddy Ruxpin, alongside Cabbage Patch dolls, Pez dispensers, and California raisins, the 80s brought us toys that parents searched high and low for at Christmas time. The best-selling toy of 1985 and 1986, the talking bear was novel in its ability to tell stories while the cassette tape played. And if you still got one, you're in luck. A Teddy Ruxpin in mint mm -hmm. condition can fetch upwards of $1,000 today, which would get Seriously? you enough money to spend on Christmas. Wow. Um, yeah. Which popular Christmas song was actually written for Thanksgiving? Oh, I feel like I know this and then I forgot it, which is like most. Oh, my trivia. dog just came in from the rain and smells like wet dog wet smell. That's a song? Dog wet smell. No, that's not the song. Oh, that's not the song. <laughs> um, uh, Janet's guessing... Uh, Jingle Bells. Sandy sang Sleigh Yes, Ride. it is Jingle Bells. It was actually oh, written bells. for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle I like that that really um, fast one. Do you know who sings that? Oh, yeah, I don't. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle I hate that one. It stresses me out. It's like it just keeps getting faster and faster. I have to turn it off every time I hear it. I'm like, I can't. I can't with your fast Jingle Bells. No. On KZST. KZST is the music station up in Sonoma County. They play music. It's kind of like a heritage station where it's like the same exact thing every holiday. So I always like listening to KZST. Uh, Sometimes I think they really try FM. to scrape the bottom of the barrel when they have to come up with the, all these Christmas songs. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell. Like, jingle yeah, bell, jingle that's bell. the bottom of the barrel right there is yeah. what it is. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, next question. The holiday decoration tinsel was originally made from strands of what metal? Mercury. No. <laughs> The holiday decoration tinsel was originally made from what's uh, from strands of what metal? It's not lead. Mm -hmm. It's not tin. It's not aluminum. It's something valuable. It's not aluminum. Aluminium. Um, Nothing with the alu. What metal? Oh, no. Oh, John's got it. Oh, Silver. I clicked, on, Ooh. I clicked on the wrong thing. That's uh, pretty. It all came through at the same time. Yeah. Silver so a bunch of people got it there. Yeah. Silver. Um. Let's see. It, silver. Once a display of wealth, it was a tradition in Germany to hang tinsel, um, it, made of thin strips of silver on a Christmas tree to reflect candlelight. But since silver has a hefty price tag, cheaper alternatives have been made since the early twentieth century. Wow. Um. Name one traditional Hanukkah food. Oh, jeez. I'm at a disadvantage <laughs> having grown up Catholic. Um, traditional Hanukkah food. Yeah. I feel like there's something very obvious that I'm not... There is something really... I, I knew the one, but I didn't know the other two. Is it like matzah? Matzah balls? Matzah? No. Mm -mm. Oh, Sandy has, uh, let's see, latkes. Yep, that's it. Yeah. That's the one I, I might have guessed. That's the Lotka's. one I should have gotten. The other are um, Sufganiyat. I'm probably saying that. I'm butchering it. Sorry if I'm butchering it. Sufganiyat. it? <laughs> and then Bimuelos, which are fried donut fritters. So fried foods. Latkes. Latkes, latkes. I love latkes. Fried foods are traditionally eaten on Hanukkah to commemorate the miracle of the oil that kept the menorah right. lit for eight days. So that's why we do they do fried foods. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um Okay, 
Our present-day version of Santa Claus is based on folklore traditions surrounding St. Nicholas, a real-life Christian bishop in what modern-day country? Do, 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 Where was St. Nicholas do, actually from? Do, 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 do. Yeah, well, folklore traditions. Uh, where? Yeah, uh, we, we base it on folklore traditions around St. Nicholas, but a real-life Christian bishop, um, what modern-day country was the real-life Christian bishop St. Nicholas from? Switzerland? Wrong. It looks like Pauline is on fire. Turkey, really? Turkey. That's a good one. I like it. Yeah, so um, active in the 4th century, St. Nicholas's existence was not officially recorded, so nothing's certain um, except that he was probably a bishop of Mira in the 4th century. His reputation for generosity became legendary, as well as stories of miracles that he performed. St. Nicholas's lore persisted in Holland as Sinterklaas, a Dutch variant of the name St. Nicholas, which gave rise to our current version of a gift-giving St. Nick or Santa Claus. Okay. Uh, what does the popular song... Old Lang Syne mean in English? What's old Old Lang Syne mean in English? Old times past? Close. I'll Damn give it. you the answer. It means time goes by. Uh -huh. That was close. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you got close. Yeah, I got close. Like uh, so many things in my life. Okay, <laughs> which this is my last question, and we're, we're at the end of the show. Which of the four presidents on Mount Rushmore is rumored to have had his own recipe for eggnog? Hmm. Which was it, a, was it of the Roosevelt? four presidents on Mount Rushmore is rumored to have oh. had his own recipe for eggnog? Your Lincoln. Oh. Nope. The OG. Know. Washington. There you go. Oh, George Washington. Wow. This urban legend has flourished for decades. The first president allegedly had his own recipe for the popular holiday drink. Uh, there's just one pr problem. It's probably not true. As there's no documented evidence of eggnog consumption out at Mount Vernon, it's unclear how the myth began, but we do know that Washington was fond of a brandy-based drink known as a cherry bounce. And now what you know the rest the of the rest story. of the story. What do people write on scraps of confetti in Times Square on New Year's? Wishes? Yes, wishes. Thank they God. write their wishes for the new year, and then they submit them to the wish wall, either in Times Square or online, and the wishes are turned into confetti that falls over the crowd. That's kind of cool. I like that. My wish is that I got the last question right. Are we done? No. Oh, damn it. This is a bonus speed round. Oh, oh, Jesus. What will eating leafy greens on New Year's bring you, according to tradition? Poop. No, that is not the right answer. I'm giving myself that. <laughs> leafy greens, leafy greens. It's What's fiber. the number one resolution people make for New Year's? Uh, stop drinking. Wrong. To lose weight, number one. Lose no, weight, number one. Eat healthier, number two. Three, well, exercise more. you that if you have the leafy more. greens and you, you poop better. No, no, no. Um... When do you light your menorah every day? Uh, sundown. After sundown. Mm -hmm. What does Hanukkah celebrate? The not running out of the oil. The answer is, I think you're right on that. Again, tell us if we're wrong. But the, the trivia answer is the holiday commemorates the rededication of the temple in Jerusalem. Which is where the oh, okay. burning of the oil thing happens. So, yeah. Right, because it's renewing. Yeah. Okay. 
reaffirms um, the ideals of Judaism and commemorates, in particular, the rededication of the second second temple of Jerusalem by the lighting of the candles each day in the festival. But it's not how, a huge it's not a huge holiday in the Jewish. No, world. it's not their main one. How okay. many gifts were given at Jesus's birth? Three. Yes, because it's a see, see Catholic. Telling you, I wouldn't have known that. What did they give? What did they give? Do you know? Well, you got your frankincense, your myrrh, okay. and your yeah. gold. Oh, look at you. Someone was paying attention. When you get indoctrinated year after year after year after year, and you're like sitting there, you're genuflecting, you're on your knees, you're like, it how long into before your brain? we have to, we can get out of here and get the donuts and uh, tang? Not tang. What was the, uh, what's that orange, the cheap orange stuff? Fanta? No. It was like, maybe it was sun Sunkissed? It was yeah, it was something like... Um, What's the one that Sunny, Sunny D? D? It's something like Sunny D, but man, I don't yeah. know if it was Sunny D. Something like that. Anyway, uh, um, the famous Christ- Christmas poem "Twas the Night Before Christmas" actually has a different title. What is it? We, we're still going. This will be my last one. God, um, the you're last, no fun. the last Christmas, the last Christmas a visit from Saint Nicholas. Oh, I got it wrong. Mm-hmm. But that's it, right? That's it. I wanted to like win on the way out, but yeah. But you know, Sorry. you did more than you always do more than ten questions. I would like to be extra prepared. That's not extra prepared. That's cheating. <laughs> also I never know go, how many. Wh- as a producer, that makes the segment go way too long. I like the speed round. Yeah. Mm. Unfortunately, the uh, the uh, that segment wasn't a speed round. Have we're I taken over, us? We're over time. Have I taken us to the end of our show? I think you have. Mm, um, all right. Yeah. That's Next it. time, I think we should do trivia like uh, holiday songs. Holiday songs? Yeah. Oh, but before we do... Oh, Angel in the Bay Area with a $10 super sticker. Woo! Thank you so much. <laughs> Woohoo! Thought this went uh, this went already? Oh, well, thank you for putting it through. We appreciate that so much. Your help means the world to us, honestly. Harry with a $5 super sticker. Who is uh, never on Santa's shopping list? What was the answer? Oh, Angel, uh, Angel did give twice. Oh, um, then don't don't give tomorrow, Angel. Yeah, don't give. <laughs> Unfortunately, we thank have no you. control over the YouTube uh, contributions. No, uh, Wes no, thank you. Three dollars, Deidre. Uh, Wes. Oh, I didn't see the second one from Wes. Three dollars, Deidre with uh, ten dollars, and Wes with the original five dollars. Oh, that's so nice, you guys. Thank you, thank you and, for uh, supporting the show. Honestly, and we thank Harry as well. And happy Hanukkah to those that celebrate and happy holidays to everyone. Thank you for being part of the After Party Live. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll see John Daly on the Mark Thompson show Friday, without Mark fabulous Thompson. Florida. We're doing Friday you Fabulous Florida. just have to remember Florida. it's Friday Fabulous Florida. What did I say earlier? No, it's just like you've forgotten on the show. In the oh, past. usually I say Florida Fabulous Friday. And something. Mark and I are like, text. can't believe she still doesn't know the name. Oh my God, um, whatever. But we also want to thank Harry for his ongoing contribution via PayPal. Yeah. So thank you, Harry. Thank you, thank Harry. You thank so you so much. Harry. We appreciate Have it. Have a great rest of your afternoon. Stay dry. And we will see you guys right back here on uh, Friday for the After Party Live. Bye. Have a great afternoon. Bye-bye. The After Party Live would like to thank the following contributors and viewers like you.